The times are difficult, even for the Lord. At the end of his fasting, we're going to see how he responds. Hello, this is your host, and this is the Mountaintop with Jesus podcast for March 2023. We're going to be looking at the New Testament and the struggle between good and evil, Satan and the Lord, during the temptation which occurred at the end of Jesus' 40 days in the wilderness. So stay tuned. I have a lot to share with you this evening, and I'm looking forward to it. First, I'd like to have a prayer, because these are very serious discussions that we are having. We're stirring up hornet's nest. We want to make sure that we pray and ask God's protection through Jesus Christ and through the Holy Spirit over us as we study these ways in which we can be victorious. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for time that we're going to spend together. We thank you for teaching us tonight. We thank you for the opportunity to discuss your word. We thank you for the opportunity to see you clearer and, in fact, see the devil clearer and what he tries to do to interrupt our relationship with you, to discourage us, to offer us things that if we'd only worship him. Lord, teach us tonight how your time in the desert and at the end when you were tempted, how you used tools of God to have the victory over Satan and teach us how we ourselves can use those tools to have victory over the devil in difficult times. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I would like to comment on the fact that you may hear a different sound. I am relocated for a few months in a different location, and this location does not have the kind of studio sound equipment nor the studio sound proofing that we enjoy at our home location. So I hope this will sound good to you. In fact, I've listened to some of it, and I think it sounds uh, very good for our substitute studio. Thank you. I hope you enjoy tonight's episode. It's, it's going to be great. Let's begin. When we look at the New Testament, one of the greatest places where we see the battle taking place is in the testing of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a couple of comments I want to make before we engage in the major part of this study. You will notice that the temptation is coming after the Lord has spent 40 days fasting in the wilderness. 
Now, there's two parts to this. One, he's fasting. And he is fasting and praying to his father, and uh, he is preparing himself for his earthly ministry. Number two, I want you to take notice that this is occurring in the early parts of Jesus' ministry to the world. It is quite often a trait of the devil to attack us as early as possible for a few reasons. One, because we're not developed in our relationship with the Lord in a way that is mature. So if he can chop down a young sapling, why he's by chopping it down, he's prevented us from carrying out our ministry. Two, we're not sure what's ahead. And and since we haven't developed that relationship with the Lord, we're questioning it. Well, what's ahead? These are difficult times. Am I going to make it through it? And you see, if he can attack you in the early stages, he can sideline you. So here we have Jesus in the wilderness fasting, and he is 40 days without food. And Satan appears on the scene. And he is going to temptate. And he is going to tempt Jesus with three major temptations. But today, we're going to break those down and see what they represent and how you or me will be tempted during difficult times to walk away from our relationship with the Lord. In this section, uh, we're finally going to get to the meat of the uh, subject here, and that is the temptations of Jesus. The temptations after he had been in the wilderness or desert for 40 days. He was hungry. He He had been fasting. He'd been praying. He'd been without food. And uh, he was hungry. And the devil comes to him and tempts him with food. Now, we may think that food is the only thing that the devil tempted him with, but that's only the cover for a much larger area. The area is called hedonism or self-satisfaction or your self first. And in this case, he tempted him with the food specifically listed in the scriptures, as he knew that Jesus would be very, very hungry. And he tempted him to do something that he knew he could do. You know, if you're hungry, turn these stones into bread and you can have all you want. But by doing that, he was following the admonitions or the temptations of the devil. And he was not doing 
if he had done this, he was not doing the will of his father, number one. And number two, he replied by saying that man does not live by bread alone. Man does not live by success alone. Man does not live by things that he acquires alone. Man does not live by fame alone. And the one that you may or may not understand is man does not live by money alone. Oh yes, all of these things can bring you a good life. All of these things can satisfy your appetite for what you believe to be self-made, self-satisfaction, self-service, and self-security. But that's not true. Because in the end, it is God. And it is his son, Jesus Christ. And it's the Holy Spirit, which can only bring the type of satisfaction that you're seeking by hedonism. Jesus was hungry. He was starving. He was famished. But he said, man does not live by bread alone, but from all the words that proceed from God's mouth. And the first word that proceeds from God's mouth in the Ten Commandments is, thou shalt have no other gods before me. God must be your God. He would have wanted that food to satisfy himself. But the higher calling was to be obedient and to satisfy the call of God. Every day we face the challenge of answering either our own needs, our own need for satisfaction for those needs, our own need to create the world the way we wish to see it, and the choice to follow the Lord. To, as he said, live by the words that proceed from his mouth of love, protection, peace, provision, and security. And as we face decisions in these difficult times, we must keep these temptations of Satan in mind because it's very, very difficult. And in fact, I have to say it's impossible to live the Christian life without the power of Jesus in our life where we have truly given our life to him and the Holy Spirit comforting and guiding us, it is impossible then when we are as hungry as Jesus was at the end of the wilderness to make those decisions correctly. Only he, in the power of the Holy Spirit, the love for his Father 
and the commitment to the calling and the reliability of his father's words would allow him to have the power and the steadiness to make the correct and long-lasting beneficial decision to follow God's words and to use them as a tool to defeat the temptation that was before him. And we're going to face many of those temptations. Some of them are going to offer you a shortcut to all the food you need. If you'll just do this. Or they're going to offer you uh, lots of money. If you just make this one run and, and help them in difficult times. And you're going to look at that and go, oh, it's just, you know, it's so tempting. And that's what temptation is all about. Something happens and tempts us. Doesn't mean we do it. It means we make a decision as to which avenue we are going to follow, the temptation or the teaching that we have had about God and his love. The next item is egoism. This item I'm going to explain as we did in the previous item. The second temptation is Jesus says, if you're the son of God, then throw yourself down and the angels, it's written, will protect you and you will not dash your body against the ground. The angels will hold you up. Well, I want to take this apart and discuss this a little bit. First of all, he attacks who Christ is by saying, if, if you're the son of God, then you should be able to do these things. Egoism is one of those things that is not as readily apparent as food and water and shelter and riches. The egoism comes from us inside. Somebody appeals to us in the way we do things and how we do them so well. Now, we know it's because the Lord is leading us, but we oftentimes don't say, you know, that's all Jesus we sometimes say, yeah, no, yeah, I, I sure did a good job on that, didn't I? If you're the leader, then you make the decision, and we know you're going to make the best decision because you're the leader. Because maybe you've got a great track record of making good decisions for your group during difficult times. You're the leader of a group, and you've always made good decisions. And so you begin to think, wow, man, I, I must be doing this right. I'm making great decisions. Not only are you falling for the egoism, but the group is saying, oh, yeah, the, the guy's a great leader. You know, we got to, you know, he's always made good decisions. Let's follow him. If you are who you say you are, 
and who you have been in the past, then you will. You see the similarity here? And this is what's going to happen. It's going to be great. Everything's going to turn out okay when we fall for it. Yeah, I I, I asked the Lord for wisdom, you know, and I guess I get it because, boy, I sure did a good thing there. And we need to get up every morning and we need to say, God, in my humility, please help me make the correct decisions for me, for my family, for this group, for my church, for my country, and most of all, for my salvation. And so be careful of egoism. Be careful of pride in what you have done and convert that to graciousness toward the Lord for what he has done in your life. And I struggle with this for reasons I won't share at this time, but I struggle with this. And uh, I'm just not as open to say, you know, that's all Jesus. Oh, I do it on a few occasions, but not as often as I should. Be careful of that when you're in a difficult situation because you need the wisdom of the Lord to hear correctly what he wishes you to do. And just because it was that last time doesn't mean that it is the same decision the same circumstances, or even the same outcome this time. And the Lord may have you go in a totally different direction. One of the thoughts that come to mind is, as Joseph had taken Mary to Bethlehem, and then Joseph receives a dream, and God tells him, take the mother and the child to Egypt. Yeah, you know, like a different direction, like he was going to go back home, and he didn't. He couldn't because God had directed him in another path. That can only be of God. It wasn't Joseph's thinking, I'm sure. Egoism, the second temptation of the devil. If he can get you to live in egoism, he can get you not to listen to the love of God through his son, Jesus Christ, and through the Holy Spirit. Keep that in mind as you face difficult times. And Jesus responded, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And this was an indication that we don't do things foolishly and just simply say, Oh, God, you'll take care of everything. I don't have to be responsible. I don't have to plan. I don't have to follow you day by day, I can just think that you're just going to take care of everything. No, one of the most difficult things is to plot along in the planning. I can't help but think about Noah and the ark because he's building the ark. How many times, and I don't even want to know because I'm sure I couldn't count them, did Noah say, why am I doing this? You know, I know God told me to do it, and I'm doing it, but I don't understand it. There's a planning stage, and you need to include the Lord in the planning stage, as we have discussed in many of these podcasts. 
up till this point, and you need to include the Lord in your daily decision stage, and you need to do what he tells you to do so you're obedient. And then when the time comes for the ark to be used, you will be ready, and God will say, well done, I will help you. You have been obedient. You've had no other gods before me. You've obeyed me. And I will be your father, and you will be my child, and I will love and protect you. And that's what he's saying through Jesus Christ, because that is the salvation of our father, to develop the relationship. And then after that relationship is developed, the Holy Spirit comes in and fills in comfort the direction, the peace, the guidance that we need. He is our communicator. And now we come to the third and final temptation, materialism and worship. Who are you going to worship? We kind of started here, so we're making a full circle. But the devil takes Jesus to a high place, and he says, he shows him all the kingdoms of the world, all the luxuries of the world, all the places of the world that were beautiful, as much as they could be. And of course, they weren't as beautiful as heaven and God, the Father. And he shows him these things, and he says, I'll give them to you. They're mine to give you, which at that moment they were. But you have to bow down and worship me. And I'll give them all to you. You can have it, luxury, wealth, popularity. You can have it all. But you've got to bow down. You've got to bend your will to be obedient to me, not to God, your father. I'll give you the whole thing. And Jesus was tempted. But he said, thou shalt not have any other gods. No, I'm not going to. God is my father. And the plan that has been put into play it's not going to be cut short because you offer me such things of this world. Be careful who offers you things. Look at every offer that you receive and pray about it. How do you proceed? Who do you take in? These are questions you'll have to deal with as a small group in a difficult time. Who do you feed and who do you turn away? Who do you create partnerships with? And who do you avoid because they don't follow the same God that you follow? How many marriages have been broken, started on rough rocks because both spouses were not committed to Jesus Christ? Too many to count, and it's caused a sea of heartbreak. <laughs> 
Too many groups start with great intentions. And Satan comes in and causes division and then says to somebody, well, but if you will just go in this direction, and then there's no direction that's good. But if you'll just worship the devil and follow him, Satan's tempting you. Then all the wonderful things will be yours. Only we know that's not true. Jesus resisted Satan because he and his father had a plan which included the living of Jesus here on earth and the dying upon a cross for our salvation so that we too could become his children through Jesus as our Savior and receive the blessings of the Holy Spirit. So be careful when people tempt you or when lust, uh, acquisition of items, power, they're all gods that we can follow. Egoism, they're all gods that we can follow, and we're not following the right God. Now, we'll talk about the tools to separate when you know it's God and when you don't. And are you going to make mistakes? Sure. You're going to make mistakes. But if your mistakes are made in a atmosphere of honestly seeking God, then he is a God that brings good from even the mistakes that we make. And so number three, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Please do not have other gods. I know we all have them. But try as much as you can and pray every day that the Holy Spirit invigorates you to seek God and seek his son, Jesus, and to walk with Jesus through life with the Holy Spirit. If you do these things, I believe that Jesus will forgive mistakes, guide you, make up for inadequacies of preparation, but don't let Satan rob you of emotional strength. Don't let him make you fearful, anxious, faithless, doubting, scared. Let Jesus come into your life and fill it each day with hope and a knowledge that as tough as this is, it is only temporary. And that soon you will be on the shores of heaven. And you will say, it was worth it, Jesus, thank you. And walk on in peace forever to our new home. Conclusions. Jesus was tempted 
everyone will be tempted by Satan. Because he is looking to divert us from the life and assignment of God the Father through his son Jesus and empowered by the Holy Spirit. He tried to persuade Jesus to leave the path that was set before him. And if he is willing to try to persuade such a foe as Jesus, well, I don't think you'll have to work so hard to try to persuade me. But I, too, will need to depend upon every word that comes from God. I, too, will need to ensure that I'm not allowing my pride and egoism to get in my way. And I also must make sure that I worship no other gods as much as I can, except that the true God, the true Savior, and the true Holy Spirit of the Trinity. Satan is a liar. Truth is not found in him. All he knows is lies. All he imparts to you is lies. All he tries to scare and dissuade you is lies. All designed to subtract from the glory of the cross and the victory of Jesus upon that cross and that he now is seated at the right hand of God the Father and the Holy Spirit communicates his love to us and his love to the Father on our behalf for forgiveness of sins. Satan is horrible. He's caused wars, divorces, nations to hate each other, racism, sexual immorality, and sexual hatred that has existed against women for years. He's caused more violence, chaos, catastrophe in the human environment than you and I will ever even be able to begin to understand. And he certainly would like to knock your train off the rails and your group into submission. But holding hands with Jesus Christ, listening to the Holy Spirit and trusting in God the Father, you will arrive at the station in heaven on the other side of the Jordan that is often referred to in folk songs. Thank you very much for listening. This is your host, and this has been the March edition of Mountaintop with Jesus. Have a blessed month. The view from the mountaintop. 
Thank you for listening to the March 2023 episode of The Mountaintop with Jesus. Have a blessed month. We'll see you next month.